guys, how are you? This is Stephanie Wallace, and welcome to Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System. Independence Radio is a series of conversations that I'll be having with members of the ICS community about issues of healthcare and independent living for people with disabilities and senior adults. Our first conversation is with Marcus Johnson, who is not only an ICS member, but also on staff as a member advocate. I spoke with Marcus about how members can best advocate for themselves. Enjoy. Tell us exactly what self-advocacy is. What self-advocacy is, in short terms, doing what you need to do for yourself and speaking for yourself without the influence of others. People with disabilities have to realize that they, they have the control, they can take it back. They can speak for themselves, but you know, there's a difference where I've noticed being disabled myself for the last 24 years, people that are born with their disability have a different, much more different approach than people that were later, you know, disabled in life. So more so I see people that are born with a disability when they have parents or caregivers always telling them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. It becomes more difficult for them to know how to speak for themselves. Whereas I notice people that are later have that disability, they usually know, I don't need to talk for me, I can do it for myself. Now, as a person who, um, me, myself, I'm disabled, and I became disabled later on in life, I had a view of people with disabilities. And I, I found that when I became disabled, I sort of I sort of played into that view of not speaking up for myself, of, of becoming quiet, you know, and, and thinking that others were going to take care of me and my needs. Right. And it was when I became a member of ICS that I saw that self-advocacy was encouraged and I saw other people with disabilities doing for themselves. So how do they transition into advocating for themselves? Hopefully that individual with the disability that, that does not advocate for themselves has someone around them that is encouraging them to speak for themselves. Because I've noticed being an independence care system, I'll see members sitting out there and their PA or PCA, HHA, are sitting out there speaking for them. And I look at them, the member will be like, um, why is she speaking for you? Why is, that, why is that person speaking for you? So I try to encourage them, listen, speak for yourself. Let me hear it from the member. A lot of times I'll have to look at the work and say, uh, I'm speaking to the member. Yeah, I don't know if you have experienced that, but I've told the worker, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the member. It's the same. It's the same thing when our members go in to see um, a medical professional. If the doctor is disability competent, the doctor will ask the member, "Do you feel it's okay that the PA stays here?" And a lot of members will be intimidated, you know, and be like, "Oh yeah, sure, she can stay." No, you can get out. <laughs> this is not a two-session medical appointment. You're right. When I became disabled, I didn't know what was available to me. I didn't know what rights I had. And sometimes when you become disabled, you sort of feel apologetic, you know, because other people have to take take care of you. And you almost try to make other people comfortable being around you. And so I think in that way, you know, you give other people the control. And, you know, when I came here to ICS, I, I met people who were more than that image that I saw of what yes. disability was. To me, I saw dis, uh, disability as basically sitting in a wheelchair 
you know, or sitting on your bed or sitting, you know, whatever, and just existing and people making sure that you don't die. Right. You know, making sure that you have what you need so that you don't die. Uh, the basic humanity that somebody would give to another person. And so how, how, how does a person, I mean, you know, without having someone like that to encourage them, how do, how do the, how do you, how do you advocate for yourself? How do you start that? Where does that start? What, what do you need? What do you need? You need the resources. Mm-hmm. The individual will need the resources. And I like to think of that the advocacy advocacy department as a a voice of reason. When members call and they're going through something, I'm not going to tell the member exactly what to do. I want the member to understand what is it that you need when you call that you believe you cannot advocate on your own. Now, if the member comes to me and they're telling me they haven't done anything, they truly haven't got a grip of what's going on. So a lot of times I'll, t- you know, think about it this way. You tell the member, take a deep breath first. And then what is it that you need? Is it an issue with your home care workers not coming in on time? Is it, a, is it an issue where um, transportation is coming late? So you're making it late to your medical appointments. So then when they call whoever they need to call, for instance, me, and they'll call me and they'll, well, Marcus, um, my transportation is late. They've been late several times. So my question to them is, um, what have you done about it? Now, if they haven't done anything about it, there's an issue right there. They don't know how to self-advocate because they're calling me. Before you call me, they had options. So maybe I need to tell them the options. Maybe you need to call your care manager and let them know that it's happened several times. Which way do I need to go? Maybe you can call the provider directly and tell them, listen, this is the third time they're late. I missed my medical appointment. So when we give the member the resources, then when they call me and they say, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I can better assist them and say like, listen, this has gone too far. Let me try making a few calls for yourself. Because a self-advocate knows who to call to address issues. How does a person find out uh, what rights they have, what resources they have? Uh, Because I think, you know, maybe sometimes a consumer might feel like it's they're complaining, they're making waves, uh, they might get somebody in trouble or something like that. How 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 does a consumer, you know, find out what, what their rights are, what their resources are, and assure that they're not going to get anybody in trouble or any backlash? Well, I've heard that about uh, a lot of members always have this feeling of retaliation where they go, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Listen, it's not about them. It's about you. It's that member. I'm not thinking about anyone else at that point. This member is struggling. They're in tears. They're frustrated. So as far as some, getting somebody else in trouble, I tell the member, don't even worry about it because you're doing what you need to do for yourself. Now, members have to realize, SES members have to realize, there's the Americans with Disabilities Act that was signed into office in 1990. You have rights all your own. So it's the law is there for you. You have, you have great laws that handle your, your rights on transportation needs, on, on different, a lot of different entities. So they need to know that. You know, I'm not telling them to go get the ADA uh, manual and try to read it all, but I want them to know they have the same rights as everyone else. So if you were to give a consumer 
like some type of step-by-step directions uh, or some advice on how to advocate for themselves, what would be the first step that they have to take? The first, the member has to know exactly what do what do they need. What, what, what do you need? need? Don't just pick up the phone in frustration and start calling everybody. Don't wait until it's a problem. Right. And you, you pick up the phone and start cursing out everybody. <laughs> you know, I you know, I, I I can't tell you how many calls and say, okay, the member's frustrated. So, you know, I want the member to take it down, take a deep breath, think about it. Okay, what is it that you, what you need? What's going on? Because they may not really know what they need. Mm-hmm. They mm. may not really know at that point. They know, I know at that point they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I can probably sometimes guide them. Is it that the worker's coming in late every day? Or is it this particular worker? For instance, with home care services, mm-hmm. or is it this particular worker? So let's explore what is it that you think you need? Or what's the problem? But they need to come take it down. Don't get so frustrated and caught up in the moment, which is difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. Because when you're going through something, it can be very difficult at that point. And then after that, we can explore exactly where we need to go to address the issue. Now, how, how does a consumer keep a small problem from becoming a big problem? So where they're not calling you cursing and yelling and, you know, things like that. How, how do you keep a small thing from becoming big? This, I love this question. When you realize that you're compromising, it's an issue. Why should you compromise? Let me, let me take it back again to home care services. Mm-hmm. If someone's coming into your home and is telling you how to do certain things, first of all, it's one thing if I asked you for your advice, but if I didn't ask you, or why are you volunteering all this extra information? So you need to, when you realize your compromise, and I've noticed I've done that too, and even being injured 24 years, I notice sometimes it's like, am I compromising? Then I get upset with myself. Right then, I'm I'm done. Because then I'm going back to whoever's assisting me that day. Listen, I didn't ask you that. But this does that does that come off as being... And, and maybe because I, I've had a problem with compromise myself. Mm-hmm. I, I had an aide who was wonderful aide. A wonderful aide. But every day, they were late. To the point where I said, okay, do you need to come in a half hour later? You know, called the agency. We got the time adjusted. And was still late. And and I was with this person for a while, long over a year. Loved her. She did a great job. Uh, but that was an issue. Because you, 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 you can work with people. You know, you, 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 you know, can. work with people, especially if you like the service that they're giving you. Yes. Um, but when the compromise, what, you know, some, the way you were explaining it, it kind of sounds like a little rough. You know, like, you know, being uncompromised. Yeah, it should sound a little rough. Mm -hmm. It should sound a little adversarial. Because now now it's me against you. Mm -hmm. They're putting you in an awkward situation where if you have to go to a medical appointment, they need to be, let's say, for example, your your transportation is picking you up at 10. So you can be at your appointment by 11. They're supposed to be there at 9. But they're strolling in there at 9.30. 9.30, knowing they have to do whatever they need to get you ready to be there by, ready by 10 mm-hmm. for transportation. That, that, that's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's affecting your medical, your medical needs. Mm-hmm. And you, there's no room for that. I just realized that you have so many different points of view because disability is such a 
you know, different thing for everybody. Because I'm, I'm just realizing this difference here, you know, in the level of care that people need. Right. So my compromise was different. Is different from the compromise that you're talking about. Right. So a person with uh with more needs, you definitely you don't have that wiggle room. Right. I have wiggle room. Mm-hmm. You know because I I need I'll call it external help. Well, you know with you know maybe help me go to the store, help me shop, right. and things like that. So it's not for. You know, you understand what I'm saying. So it's not so intense the help that I need. So I'm realizing that the difference. Um, so you, you know, basically what we're saying here about self advocacy is, know what you need. Definitely know what you need. You got to know your rights also. Right. And nip it in the bud. You know, uh, tackle the issue right at the beginning before it becomes a big problem and you become frustrated and you're cursing everybody right. out. Exactly. You know? <laughs> right. And uh, worry. Don't worry about getting anybody in trouble. Do not worry about getting anyone in trouble. So with 6,000 members, you have to be a self-advocate because it's such a, a, a lot of people, right. so many people that you're taking care of, that ICS is taking care of, uh, that you have to be a self-advocate. And is, is there any way or any plans at all uh, ICS will be giving uh, any sort of classes or... Uh, some type of uh, literature or anything to people. You must work here. No, we I are, don't. No, because but I'm that's thinking, a great question. As a it? consumer, as a consumer, like I said, you know, when I when I first came to ICS, although I was very impressed with ICS, there was so much I didn't know that was available. To right. Me. You know, it was like, oh, really? They do that? They'll help with that? And so, if if one of the things that can be expressed when somebody first becomes a member of ICS is self-advocacy. You know, that you encourage self-advocacy. I think that would be, that will go a, a, a long way because when, as a, a, a going to a doctor, any, anything I'm dealing with, I'm, exactly. I have to have my best interests at heart. So if I come to ICS, and although ICS helps me with my, uh, my you know, wheelchair, my supplies, home care, and all this stuff like that, you're just doing your job. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're not, as long as I'm not complaining, you're okay. But that's in our mission at the same time because if members read closely, the members are working with ICS or with their care manager to coordinate their care collaboratively. Mm-hmm. The care manager should not be doing it by themselves. Marcus, that's not how it goes. I mean, that's right, what it's no, supposed no. to be. Right. But honestly, and all honestly, that's not how it goes. It it goes like this, I think, for a lot of members. Mm-hmm. I joined ICS. They, they're helping me with the things that I need. I have the things that I need. I'm okay. My care manager calls me. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You got any doctor's appointment this month? Yeah. This, this, that, this, that. And it's okay. As long as there's no big problem. That's, that's that. It. That's that monthly call that you talking about. That monthly. Yes. The the I call it the check in call. Yeah. That yeah. See that I've always had an issue with that myself, mm-hmm. and I've always said you cannot find out enough about a member mm-hmm. in that one call a month. Mm-hmm. You have to dive in a little deeper. But with six thousand members, do do you understand? What I'm I totally understand. If I have, you're... if you have a hundred caseworkers and six thousand members. Really, that's probably all you have time for. And that's why, again, I'm saying the self-advocacy has to be 
as much of the part when it, what attracted me to ICS when I was reading the literature was uh, the home care worker, um, you know, the the help with the wheelchair, wheelchair type yeah. of things. You know, all these things. That self advocacy has to be pushed and and put in there also and and emphasize. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm losing my words today, but it has to be emphasized so that it. I think that makes it easier for ICS and for the consumer because you know that you're coming in you're you're standing up for yourself and you have ICS behind you mm-hmm. that's what it is you have to stand up for yourself and and I think we're going to address that this coming year because um, we're going to start a mentoring component within that's advocacy great. and when we start that mentoring component it should address a lot of those issues where members need to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in saying that as well, it's definitely a conversation we need to have with care management, mm-hmm. at where, which I don't see how the care managers would even have the time with over 6,000 members to sit there and coddle our members. Right, coddle, that's right. I don't see how they would have the time, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I can see them missing out on a lot of what the member needs mm-hmm. because they have so many members. Mm-hmm. And right. that one monthly call... Mm-hmm. It's not going to address the issue because there's a lot you can miss. Right. There's a there's a lot you can miss. There's a lot you can miss with the the uh, for instance, I have to give this example when I would uh, speak to members, and they were like almost speaking to me like in code, and then I would have to say, "Is the worker there?" Because oh. <laughs> they were scared. They were scared mm-hmm. to say what they needed to say in front of the worker. So I'll be like, "Oh." Uh, I'll call you back at another time. When can I, when's the best time to call you? So we can address the issue. Right. So I believe, with your question is a great question, and I believe ICS will address that, mm-hmm. pushing that self-advocacy with the yeah. mentoring component we're about to add to advocacy. Mm-hmm. Marcus, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And um, can you give people uh, your information, with, with how they can reach you sure. in um, your department? You can call me, call me anytime. I might not get back to you right away, but I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Then somebody's going to have to call and report you for not getting back at Right, which I will not take personal, (laughs) which I will not take personal. One more question, I'm sorry. (laughs) Do the work, do do the, uh, does the staff take it personal when you complain about them? We tell them not to. uh, Some of them get, and I I can respect that because if the worker has been working really hard to try to address the issue, and a member calls, you know, with a grievance, you know, about being dissatisfied with the service, for instance, the worker is providing, we always tell the worker, listen, they're entitled to be dissatisfied. And just as long as you did your part, you did your part. But you can, again, my number, uh, it's um, 212-584-2596. So you can call me and leave a message, leave it as detailed as possible. So when I call back, I know exactly what to um, address. I help you tackle to address. All right. Thank you, Marcus. That was Marcus Johnson, member advocate at Independence Care System. This has been a broadcast of Independence Care System, a community-based nonprofit agency serving the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens, and dedicated to supporting senior adults and adults with physical disabilities and chronic conditions to live at home and participate fully in community life. To learn more, visit www.icsny.org. 
Thanks for listening. I'm Stephanie Wallace. You can catch my live talk show, Laid, Love and Intimacy for the Disabled, on Monday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash laid. Bye.